I know this is going to be kind of a position, but I hope you'll respond positively. Could we have a lot of you that are in the very back? Could you just come up and kind of fill in the center section like the first 12 or 15 rows? It would just be so much more interesting. We'll have a better time together. Just come down. Those of you who are on the inside, just slide in so it makes it easy for them to, to come in. Thank you. Do we need to? No, we're on our chat. I think we're okay. We're kind of in the middle, right? <laughs> I'm like that always a speaker too. I'm like, are you I'm guys afraid of me? <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's all the topics that we will explore this week. This is probably the most challenging. Um, one of the things that we discovered early on is that there's a huge number of grandparents who are alienated from their children, their children's spouses, and their grandchildren. A little bit more, a little bit less than a year ago, um, I had an opportunity once or twice a year to teach in the Osher Lifelong Learning University of Utah. And I had a very small class, about 12 people. And one of the gals who was attending this class uh, knew that she had grandchildren. She didn't know what they looked like. She didn't know how old they were. She hadn't seen them. Uh, and basically, what had happened is because of actions of people that at one point in time were close to her, she was totally barred from any kind of connection. She would try to send cards. She'd try to send money, what have you. It was, oh, it was remarkably sad. And uh, I expect that there are some of you tonight who uh, would like to have more optimal relationships with your grandchildren and your parents. So, just to be really clear, we're just going to give you some ideas about how we feel someone can approach this idea of improving or reestablishing or entering maybe a new phase of the relationship. Okay, let's just say hi again. Hi guys. Hi. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> my kid, my daughter just both said that they want to talk to So, so where are you from? We all know each other already. <laughs> Logan. See, a ways away then. Huh? Or Texas. Texas. <laughs> Springville, St. George, where you that? American Fork, AF. <laughs> yep. Okay, so what I want you to do in your inside voice is I want you to explain if that person next to you were a novice, particularly if you were here, how toilet paper is connected to being. A wonderful <laughs> okay, Kathy. Can I? Oh. It's, it's a little okay, you can join us. <laughs> Plus two. Have you, were you here last hour? You weren't here last hour, were you? Okay, so go ahead, go okay, for it. So he gave, he gave, um, he held uh, the end of a piece of toilet paper and he gave the roll to the first guy and he told him he had to hold on to it. And then pass the roll to the next guy, and they had to hold on to it. You know, they just kept passing it through people. It, at some point, it kind of broke, right? So, you know, when you're trying to establish the This is the signal that I want you to kind of become quiet and we can talk. You know, I saw a roll of toilet paper back there. There it is. We got to do this because. Oh, yeah. He did such a nice job of setting this up. <laughs> I just want to tell the doctor, and this is probably not something I should say here, but I did this with the young adult class. It was a Sunday school class. 
And uh, uh, it's not that it's wrong. It's just the response to the person with the toilet paper sack, oh, yeah, I know that's all about. I know what you're going to do. This is about having your sins wiped away. specific things. We did it this way. We believed it. We do it this way now. This is a huge one. Unrealistic or unmet expectations. We all, you know, in any kind of uh, friendship or relationship or connection, we have dynamics that take place. Sometimes they're loving, sometimes they're strained. Um, you know, Diana, as we were coming down tonight, we celebrated being equally yoked. And I said, and we're not fat oxen. Yeah, that didn't come to us. I don't know where that came to be. Yeah, okay. It's gone the wrong way. Get nervous, they go the wrong direction. Now, here's one that I think, uh, you know, this could be true. Fallings out where individuals are offended, hurt, or otherwise disappointed. It's like so many things that happen in the church or in a family or in a relationship. Something happens, and at the time, it's sort of like all or nothing. We're done with you now. We're not going to see you again. It's so stupid. I'm so ridiculous. It's so offensive. Or you're completely in the dark, you have no idea. <coughs> Can I offer one that I think is very common but often overlooked? Oh, yes. It's a psychological defense mechanism called displacement. <laughs> and it's where people may have been abused or molested as children, and they act out their feelings. Uh, towards a less threatening target. Okay, I, I concur with you. That's, that's a great assessment. Now, 
I want us to be realistic. I had a really tempting conversation to pray with a person that comes across to me as being a very nice, genuine, lovely person. Someone that if I were a son or a daughter or a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law, I think I'd really like this person. Easy to get along with and what have you. So in some instances you have to decide how much energy am I going to devote to some things? Now, the, there are some people who talk about like what they call scenarios. Like there's the worst case scenario, there's the best case scenario. And in most cases, it's somewhere in between. It's never ever the best, it's never ever the worst for the most part. So sometimes you have to decide, is it worth the energy? Is it worth the time? And can I make a positive prediction? Or have you basically said, okay, we, we won't bother you. We'll withdraw ourselves. We love you, we care about you, but we sense that we're creating a lot of havoc in your life for you and your kids. But you can always have that little proviso if you want to reignite this relationship or rebuild it. We would love to do that. I am just. So it's really common for a, a lot of people to construct walls to keep themselves safe or protected or away from things that they find either aversive or problematic or the instances or environments that don't engender a lot of positive emotions. So now we're going to talk about reconnecting. So here are some ideas that we think have some real value. And you're going to be the best judge as to whether these recommendations that you're making make sense to you. So the first one here says, apologize. If you are wholly or partially responsible for the demise of your relationship with your married children, your spouses will encourage you to apologize. Well, sometimes, like that previous site says, you're in the dark, you have no idea. So let's keep going. Really attempt to make things right. Now, we, we talk about win-win solutions, where you try to at least say, and one of the things that I heard recently is just, a kind of a, an insight for me is a lot of people who are in the negotiations business or where they try to, you know, have warning parties. This is a really great question. What would it take to make this better? What would it take for you to make this better? To really kind of pause the things, tell us, you know, kind of what would you do? Okay, trust. We talked about win-win solutions. One of the things that's really interesting about trust is it takes a long time to establish, but it takes a gigantic amount of time to get it back. And you can annihilate trust in a nanosecond. And it can take a long time before the person is willing to trust again. <laughs> Okay, so now we're back to our toilet paper and our connective tissue. What gives rise to connective tissue with your married children and their spouses? So I'm going to give you some time right now. I'm just going to have you talk to each other. And we're going to, I'm not going to do this a long time, but if you're here with someone else or you're here with a spouse, we want you to explore come up with one or two ways that you think you do a good job of laying down connected tissue with their children and their spouses. You got it? Go. Go. Yes, we have a family video. Hey. Have a family video. Yeah, I come follow me every Sunday. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, that's the I'm good at vacations. Um,
Well, that's fun. Pretty good at. And my daughter that supposed to me is good. My other one I could use a little bit of work. How about you? But I reached out. Maybe she thought you weren't talking to her. Trying to have conversations. Is my curl coming up? How are you doing? It's okay. It's just remembering birthdays. I have a messenger group just for yeah, we do that too. the women. It's called Wheeler Women. And it is my daughter's daughter-in-law's. Because, you know, the guys don't want to hear all the whatever. If we really want to get something done, we have to. We don't have one to share the girl sessions. We're the ones We do. Come follow me. But our one son that's not active doesn't like to do that. So for the first hour, we spend connecting with each other and just laughing and talking every Sunday night. And then when he hops off, we become home. So that works really well. We look forward to it, actually. I try to do special things knowing what they need and show up at my daughter's house and help her out. That's good. That's okay. She's lucky to have you. Yeah. One Did of it? those handy guys that can do everything but master of nothing. Yep. <laughs> my yeah. husband says jack, yes, of, all, jack of all trades, trades and master of none. none. You're a master of <laughs> Yeah. If I can take it apart, I can put it back together. <laughs> <laughs> Our son is like, if I can watch a YouTube video on it, I can do oh. it. Until he took apart his drum brakes and spent eight hours on it and finally called somebody in the ward. He's like, you did your drum brakes? I would never do that at oh, home. See, I, I do those all the time. <laughs> do you? Yeah. You just didn't know. Yeah. It was his first time yeah. ever doing brakes. Yeah, they're really easy for them. someone teaches you. He yeah. said he couldn't get the leverage or something he needed that he was having trouble with. Yes, to get it back in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you don't do it right, then you have to push them in and put it back in. Yeah. I've Okay. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
hatred and despair as can be. But then I have another son, and they live closer to me, uh, and they're wonderful, and she has wonderful parents that have just moved into her, their neighborhood. So I kind of felt like I'm not as important as I used to be. Does that make sense? No, that does, that does. But in the main, tell us about the relationship with both families. No, what do you mean? Like you have one of those closer to you, and one of those, and then you have this new uh, grandparents of, of the family of your dad. Well, I, we've always had a close relationship, but I've hardly seen them this summer. They've had a very busy, active summer. Mm -hmm. And so this summer, I did see them last Sunday, but I used to see them almost every day. See, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a therapist or interpreter here, but what's really interesting about what I hear from this is your expectations have been that this is how often I have interactions with this particular family and how it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so you feel a little bit disappointed or not as fulfilled as you were or not paying as much time as you did. And so it's kind of hard on you. But, okay. Well, I have, we have, Now I say, well, show me how to do that. So let's see. You did the garbage man. 
And we've had the slippery slide, we have the tickle tortures, we have the tag, we have the sleeping giant, and um, we have this jazz band. It was really fun, and she came up and she's like, come on, Grandpa. Of course, there's, there's an audience there. They love to dance, okay, but that was their show. But anyway, so I went out with that group, and it was kind of like dancing, hide go see, and tag. And I look around, and she's coming after me. I would take off a little faster, and I hide behind somebody, and then she finds me, and then I take off again. So when we finished the evening, guess what she said? Grandpa, where are you going? What do you think she was asking? Lots more, but it was, because could you come home with us? Could you come to my house? Right. Okay. Now, Diane, this is a, kind of stretching. This is a little bit of self embellishment. What do the hangings do? Diana. Well, no, like they'll knock on the door. Be before this. <laughs> like the Hades will knock on the door. It's like our grandkids who live next door to the other Yeah, we have these five little children that live next door, and they call us from the And I'm Making that joy such a good experience for them, but what were you referring to? Well, what will happen is Coco has got these big blue eyes and not going to want to say, Don't believe nothing, Coco. Oh, that. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, and this, this is for those of you who kind of want to put down some teachers. When they're around you, they go, It's going to be fun, and it's going to be engaged, and pay attention to me, and around, whatever. Thank you. Okay, so I would get our sheet, we put in a new battery. So there are lots of ways to lay down connected tissue with your grandkids and with your children and their spouses. And by the way, often the avenue to actually getting that in good graces with your child and their spouse is through the kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I can do this with Diane. Diane? Oh, man. She's not going to come. Tell me about, about the father to call, you know, the doctor, his dad, and so We're not going to ever again. And then tell him what happened. You know, right in. We gave him. No, I don't think. Well, no, we have to do no more. No more is fine. Do you know many choices of dysfunctional people I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you something else, though. I'm not even supposed to tell you, but making your neighbors, uh, uh, pseudo-grandchildren, our neighbors on one side of us, wonderful, wonderful people, she's Greek and he's Italian. And they have these two gar darling grandchildren, Gianna and Luca. <laughs> and we were over at the house one day and Luca said, do you know what the Greek word for grandma is? What is that? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the Italian word for grandma is? What's that? No, no. <laughs> I don't know what to call you. And I said, were well, you to call us Diane and Wynn? No, I don't like that. I want to call you Junior, yeah, yeah, Junior, no, no. Is over at his grandparents' house, and they've invited us to dinner and Lucas there. That's just a neighbor dinner in our kitchen. And I said, Hey, with your permission, I have something really fun that we can do. So we'll eat dinner and maybe for dessert. Can we do this? He said, Oh, yeah, sure. You're going to learn about this tomorrow. We did what we called the Christmas car races because it's really close to Christmas. In fact, we're you know, I love this because this is one of the funnest things we do. So anyway, we clear out the table, we each get our car, we have our car races, 
And the next day he comes, he has a story, and then he has a drawing of the car races. And I said, gee. And I said, you know, the cars that we've seen so far right now, the one that won this year was a Jeep. They said, well, do you have a Jeep? And I said, well, how can I find one? But the thing that was so cool about it is at the end of the letter it said, why can you come to our house? <laughs> so it's these connective things that we do that make a difference for our neighbors, but for our kids as well. Okay, so let's move on. Okay, here we go. So, we think that there are four really good steps that you can follow. And you can modify this as it kind of fits you and your personality. So let's look at the first step. Determine an appropriate time when you can read in private in a private setting with those who have hurt or offended or or alienated. So that's the first thing you find a good Place. And then authentically share your intent. I'm going to show you about several ways in which you can do this. So it might be, you know, you'd say the first times, we want to make things right with you. We want to apologize. We want to start over. We want to say that we are genuinely sorry for what we've done or for any offense that we've caused. We want to ask for forgiveness. We want to understand whether there is a breach between us. Now, I'm not suggesting you use all of these, but I want to give you ideas as to how you set the stage because you have to be clear about what your intent is. I want to make things right. You want to apologize. If it's several things, then honestly tell them what it is. Okay. Your children and their companions need to sense your sensitivity and wanting to improve your relationship with them. They want to know it's genuine. Remember when we talked about craft detectors? Kids, adults, teenagers, let me tell you, they can tell when you're inauthentic, when you're trying to so here's step two. Share your authentic motivations for improving or making the relationship. So let's see what that kind of looks like. We don't always see things as you do. That's pretty true, isn't it? We know we sometimes disappoint, but that was not our intention. We maybe did this unknowingly. We're not certain. That's not important. This is what we want to do now. Our motivation for having this talk is love. We love you so much and want the very best for you. So you want to be really clear on what's driving this. We hope you sense our deep concern for you. We believe we would be irresponsible as your parents if we didn't try to make things right for you. So you got the first two. Quiet setting. Use the verbiage that's appropriate, and then talk about what your motivation. And then, I know this will sound really queer, but you describe how you hope they will respond. In other words, you're saying, now that we've done these few things, here's how we hope you will respond to what we've said at this point. The first response might be defensiveness or even anger, but we hope you will not react in this way. We hope you will weigh our sincere intentions and give us a chance to repair what we may have damaged, responding positively to our desire to make things right with you. Does it make sense so far? 
all you do is you listen carefully. Then delicately respond by attempting to reflect what you've heard. So let's see what some of the potential things are that you could say. You may say something like this. Let me see if we understand what you were saying. You were deeply offended by our lack of sensitivity to your needs. You expected us to take more seriously your request for help. So maybe they came to you and asked for money or whatever it was. And you couldn't respond or you chose not to respond. What specific things can we do to improve our relationship with you? This is like that statement I made a few minutes ago. What can we do to make this work? Or to improve our relationship? This is a, this is a thing that's used by a ton of people. It's called the stop, start, and continue. What do you want us to stop doing? What do you want us to continue doing? What do you want us to start doing? Stop, start, and continue. That works with little kids too. Works with teenagers. What should we stop doing? What should we start doing? And what should we continue doing? And I just discovered this today. Look what's in the sack. <laughs> totally. Do it. Put it, baby. It's there again. It's just like the timing is perfect. We're going to lay down some connective tissue. Of course, you wouldn't say that, but that's what you're doing. You're trying to get some tissue, some new tissue laid down. Determine what efforts you should devote to repairing, restructuring, rebuilding relationships with your children and their spouses. What specifically can you do? Make the best of what you have available to you. Now, the reason this picture is here is remember I told you sometimes the way that you actually get to the parents is through your grandchildren. What I was hoping Diane would do, Amen and her husband got this call from their son, right? And the son said, we're no longer going to be part of anything you do. You can see our kids, you can see us. That's it. And the cool thing about the story is that the kids brought them back to the table. The kids so much missed going to the grandparents' home. The experience they had there was so profound that they couldn't keep them away. Again, make the experiences they have with you pretty positive. Or incrementally kind of get yourself back into their good graces or into experiences they have. What is your focus? What are you giving your attention and time to relating to your children and their spouse? Sometimes, obviously, I don't want to be too pessimistic about this because we want to be genuinely healthy. But sometimes, as you'll see in a moment, in spite of our very best efforts and our most creative efforts, you will be stopping the cracks. That's, that's not easy. So here's some simple ideas. One Informal dinners, where you're not heavy duty, short. In other words, the dinners are done on their terms. It's a nice place to be, the kids have a great time. It's not like you're walking around on eggs, but you're trying to do something you think they genuinely want to do. It's not long in duration, it doesn't have a lot of demands associated with it. It's really pleasant, and the focus is on your family. Uh, use social media. I think you're familiar with all of those except the one with the smile face. Are you familiar with that one? Okay, so Diane, ready for fan band? Let's have to do fan band. Because fan band is a lot like the smiling face. Yeah. I have three married children and 11 grandchildren and one married granddaughter, grandson. 
and uh, we have a email thread. We just call it Fan Bam, and everybody's on it. And it's an easy way just to say dinner's at five thirty instead of six on Sunday. You don't have to make eleven phone calls. And so you just quickly text that out, and you know everybody's always on their phone. So typically, one person in that family that's on that list is going to get that message and, and convey it to the rest. If not, everybody sees it. But the thing that's fun about it is that somebody will say something in the comments that go back and forth, joking around, making observations about what the last person said. Um, it's and it's a real, it's a really bonding experience because you're you're related to the the person who just commented before you and then to the next person and and sometimes it, it makes you laugh out loud. Uh, they get pretty creative and pretty funny about it. But again, every time I read one, and then you have that on your phone, you don't have the whole frame, you go back and read that again. And it just brings joy to my heart and makes me smile every time because it's a way to interact creatively, lovingly with one another without having to leave the house, make a phone call, and it's just right there on that thread that you can go back and revisit at a later time. Thank you, Diane. Now, this is a pretty crazy one, yeah, but it worked really well. Linda, my first wife, had some very serious health challenges. And at one time, she went through all of her jewelry. And we had one of our birthday dinners at the end of the month. And in a bedroom, we put out all of the jewelry, particularly things that were sets, or some that were just like, a set of earrings or a set of earrings, bracelet, and necklace. And then what we did is we had all the kids draw a number. All the kids. Excuse me. And then what they do is, so number one, would look around the bed, we kind of had a time when we got about 30 to 60 seconds to make a choice. And they'd go around and say, I want that. they pick it up and put it in their pocket or whatever. <laughs> it took probably about, oh, maybe 30 or 45 minutes. So they got something from their grandma. They had been a set. And it was really fun. Uh, really, really fun. Let me take this back. <laughs> okay. One of the things that we do is sometimes we make things worse for our kids. And we say, look, it's our Christmas at this time or it's nothing. I mean, I'm being extreme. Um, in our family, from the time we had very little kids and we had four other, you know, fathers-in-laws and mothers-in-laws, we tried to get to a point where we tried not to force you know, we try to not make it an issue. And of course, what's happened now that, you know, 30, 40 years, with these kids now 50, there's this now regular rhythm. For instance, most of the other grandparents know that for Christmas, we go to a movie. We have a dinner, and we all go to a movie. Three and five, we've been doing it for about 10 years. And it's not, it's not on a day that they're doing something else and they have something that's traditional. We've alternated Thanksgivings. One of the fun things uh, I did with Linda is when we didn't have Thanksgiving, we would go to Mimi's, have a Thanksgiving dinner, then we'd go to Joy Collins and go to three movies. I mean, we did, in other words, you try not to make things issues that don't need to be issues. You try to be the peacemaker part as opposed to the enforcer. You've seen these. This is kind of sent to Davidson. Small business in that case. Davidson, who we went to this church yesterday, it is famous. Ask your parents why it's famous. What grandpa went This is the North Church. This is Paul Rivera's famous ride. Again, do most anything that you think will be well received by the mother, or the, the son-in-law, the sister-in-law, the grandkids. In other words, 
it's kind of an all-out kind of effort to find out what's going to allow you to connect with them. Well, this is a huge one. Um, and it works both ways. So if you have kids who live away from you, you encourage the parents to take their cameras, their video materials to any or any and all of that. And then you become like a sports fanatic where you look at box scores. So if you have a granddaughter who's playing basketball in the country, you know a lot about what she's doing, what position she plays, how well she's done, where she, you know, where she played really an amazing way. So let me just show you a couple here. This is one of those adoptees. This is our bishop's daughter. She just graduated from Olympus. And uh, I remember her note when she graduated. I said, what are we going to do on Friday night? We love going to your games. And we'll really connect to her. So anywhere where you can connect, okay, you get on that tissue, you want to do it. Devoted loving actions may be the ultimate piece to your eventual success. And nobody can tell you exactly how to do it. But these steps that we've outlined, we hope will be really helpful to you. Sometimes you have to hang in there, you have to be patient. You have to wait for the right time and the right events to come together so you can make that way. So here's our summary. I know this sounds funny. Focus on friendship. Seek to genuinely understand their needs and what they need. Listen with the intent to understand. Talk less. Listen more. Carefully identify and solve problems that you can be genuinely helpful with. Seek win-win solutions. Like what can we do to make this work? Affirm the positive in each other and genuinely help each other. Apologize when you mess up. Enjoy common loves and passions together. Okay. I promise the professor is always better than the end of the day. I hope tonight can help you.